public displays of affection. And, uh, you know, I was speaking with a friend of mine just prior to service. He called and he told me, he said, well, what are you preaching about tonight? I said, public displays of affection. And it's never failed that whenever I've said that, people kind of go, ooh. <laughs> a little PD. I remember when, uh, when the kids were just kind of reaching that age of adolescence and they begin to understand a little bit about love. And at any time that <clears throat> Kathy and I would show a little affection for one another, she'd go little affection for one another. The kids would be like, ooh. No matter if it was a little hug or a kiss on the cheek. And, and you know, they, there'd just be that, uh, that aversion to affection that they had. And, and they, it wasn't that it was foreign to them. We've lavished it on our children, and they're well aware of how much we love them. But that, that little show of affection sometimes wasn't, wasn't welcome. It was just kind of, it was pushed off to the side. They didn't want to be there. It was, it was awkward. And and I can understand a little bit about that because I'll just tell you, you know, you know, even Justin, I don't know that I ever saw him kiss his wife, his current wife, when they were dating until we stood right here during their wedding. And I think, I think it was Brother Cole that said, you may now kiss your wife. And I was like, well, well that, ooh. Gross. That's probably, uh, I, I love weddings. I, I, I you know, I get a, a little bit of that. I love love along with all of you. Um, but that's the most awkward part of the wedding. I don't know why we do that, as a matter of fact. You may now kiss your bride. And then what do we do? We talked about that before. It's getting old, I get it, but it's still not old to me because I'm the one standing there <clears throat> seven inches from the bride and groom. <clears throat> so public display of affection. Um, just a reminder to all my friends that are in a relationship right now, you've only got 10 days to get this right. And even worse now that I've reminded you, this is the month of love. This is the month to shine. Apparently this day, this February the 14th, is your opportunity to show just how much you love that person that God has put in your life. I've nailed this February the 14th thing before, and I've failed this February the 14th thing before. My little hint for you, uh, brooms and mops or any household cleaning or cooking implements are a solid no. No matter how badly they may be needed. How much function would demand it? No, no. No. Tools, on the other hand, yes. Yes. On the other end of the spectrum, a six-minute dive into Walmart for the small $6 heart-shaped box of chocolates may not be an answer, but it's better than the broom. <laughs> to my fellow guys, it's not easy. That's why I'll be the first to admit that we need to seek help on this one. Again, you've got 10 days. It doesn't have to be pricey. I've learned this. It does have to be personal. It doesn't have to be sappy. But it's a win if it's sentimental. You've got 10 days to think about it. Someone say 10 days. You say 10 days, Jack, it's a second. Yes. I'm going to guess that you're not going to get anything tonight. And if you're picking it up on the 14th, you already failed. Someone say it with me. 10 days. 10 days. We're taking a minute about the practical principles, but <clears throat> don't worry. The lesson's already begun if you're counting the time. 
Another little secret, um, I think I don't have to say this, but in case, in case this is in your um, little pocketbook of how to handle Valentine's Day, you can erase it. I told you I loved you on the day we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> Solid no on that one, too. You see, the reason that sentimental is the score every time is because it has an authentic source. It's not copied. It's yours. That song that you sing and that song that you share is going to work. That place that you go together works. That poem that you wrote works. That picture that you both love of that place where you've been works. The perfume that she wears that you know works. That cologne that he's got, that gift works because it's deeper than a display. It comes from a shared source of affection. Someone say love. We live in a treacherous time where we can be sending all the right impressions without the right motivation. Again, I'll try to help. If you only bought roses so you can take a picture and post what you've done, guess what? The roses aren't for her. They're really for you. It's not PDA, it's PDI. It's a public display of impression. You're trying to impress somebody. But what our world is really in search of and what our world is really in need of is a public display of affection. And this is just the on-ramp. We're only talking about how we're getting in to this sentiment that we have, not just for one another, but if love is of God, then there has to be a source that's deeper and greater than a photo. We've all been there when people have been overly affectionate. We've been there when uh, <clears throat> something that should have been private becomes public. That's not <clears throat> exactly what we're talking about. We've been there when some teeny bopper who hasn't been taught, they're all in uh, youth class right now, so we can talk about them. When they're entwined in embrace, hopefully not around CCC, haven't seen it or we'd stop it, but they are staring lovingly into one another's eyes, completely oblivious to the rest of us that are around. It's in moments like that. If my kids were with me, I'd usually put a little teeny bopper voice on and say something like, oh baby, I just love you so much. <laughs> That's not the affection we're talking about. We're talking about love that moves us to the core of our being and works its way into our, our activity when it starts at a source deeper than trying to impress. It's not a public display of impression. It's a public display of affection. And we know it when we see it, and we know the authenticity of it is because when it comes from God, you can't compare that. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This source of love, if God is love, and the scripture tells us that he is, then when we have the source in our being, the output and the flow that comes from that source that demonstration is because he has exampled it to us. You see, I'll, I'll just kind of remind us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet failing the Ten Commandments miserably, Christ died for us. While we were uh, living our own purposed lives for ourselves, God demonstrated his love for us. 
while we were still sinning, while we were breaking the rules and the laws that he had put in place to save us and redeem us and help us, while we were doing that, God said, I'm going to love them because God loved us when we were unlovable. God loved us not as some kind of just an outward show of something that wasn't inward. God loved us because God is love. And when, when God set that example up, for us, when God set the example of the cross, when God set the example of blood flowing for us, when, when, when God set up the example of what could happen in our lives and baptism and restoration and all that, when God loved us, he loved us when we couldn't love him back. He loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us when there was no guarantee that we would return or reciprocate what he had given to us. When God loved us like that, he, he set the model for what love could and should be. You know, it's when people end near the end of their life, there are basically 11 words that they want to hear the most. These are the words they yearn for. I'll miss you. Thank you. I forgive you. And I love you. But if you could only hear one of those statements, can you guess which one you or they would choose? It would be that last set of words, I love you. I love you. I mean, I, I, we've... <clears throat> We've lost some family members, and uh, I know that there are folks that this is very real to them, that family being lost in that time, those words, I love you, are precious words in that season. They're unforgettable words. There are words that are deeper than just a statement. They're, there's so much more than just something that we say. In those moments when time is ending for us, those words mean so much to us. I love you. Because they're more than just a few letters strung together to make sounds and vowels. It's more than that. It's about something that is deep within a heart. And, and love is so much more than some teeny bopper affection. Love, we've seen. It modeled out in lives when people couldn't reciprocate. But they've stood by one another and loved one another. And that love is a love that comes from God. That love. It was a year ago yesterday that we had to put our little dog down. Gracie. Due to COVID regulations, we could only have one person in the room at a time. Sorry, it doesn't make sense to me either. But I carried the five-pound pup into the room, and I waited while the vet did the work required. And then they gave us the last few moments. We had the entire family all on FaceTime, and tears were flowing. And little Gracie left our world with words echoing in her ears. We love you, Gracie. We love you. Now, that's a dog. And do dogs matter? Yes, dogs matter. <laughs> Sam, I needed that right there. Yes, amen. Yes. Uh, but those words, for whatever reason, we needed to express it. Could Gracie reciprocate? No. But there was something in our hearts for that little five-pound barking dog who met us every time we came to the door, wagging her tail and yapping and jumping and running. and She couldn't reciprocate, but there was something in our heart for that dog. How much more is there something that God places within the heart of humanity for him? How much deeper is there in that well of your spirit the opportunity for love to flow toward God? What has God created in the heart of humanity 
that the world desperately needs right now that we have yet to tap, that we've got yet to dig down and, and release to our, uh, there's so many people in our world that need what we have. There is emptiness and there's brokenness. There's pain and hurt that are in so many and they don't know how to, to meet the need that they have because they've never tapped in to the love that is available, that has flowed into their lives. And again, I'll come back to what we talked about on Sunday. Our world needs the church like we have never needed it before. The local church is the hope of the world. You hold hope for humanity in your hand. You've got it in your spirit. And, and our lives become this echo of words that were spoken through scripture and modeled on the cross of I love you. What is, what is it that makes it so hard to get those words right? Not, not just the words. It's hard for, enough for some people there that, you know, I, we went through, a, you know, my dad, it was very difficult for him to say those three words, I love you. It's reserved for special times. Now, now, when grandkids came along, all of a sudden the floodgate of I love you opened up. I, you know, I, I can't explain all that, but, but now a call doesn't end without those words being spoken. Love you. And, and those words, it's difficult for us to get it right on this plane because it becomes corrupted and they become the word, the, the idea about love becomes something that it's not. It's they, humanity reaches for it, but they don't have the source of it. And that's where we're talking tonight because love is of God. Love comes from above. And a world that tries to operate in the realm of love is severely limited because they don't have this connection right. And we can't get this connection right until we get this connection right. And we see that over and over again in Scripture. In 1 John chapter 4 and 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. So if we don't have this love that comes from God, it's impossible for us to get this right. But that's why Scripture is so emphatic about us loving God. We'll get there in a second. Our world needs um, a public display of affection. And it's... It, it, it is something we have, we have to be careful because we can get the cart before the horse on this one. We don't need a public display of profession. Someone say profession. We need a public display of affection. And, and 1 Corinthians is very clear about it. They said you can get all of the profession right without it being authentic affection. 1 Corinthians 13.1 he said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, and if I don't have love, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You can say all the right things. You can pray all the right prayers. You can move men and women with words, but you can still have the wrong motive. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. That's why everything in our life has to be seasoned with love. It has to have this source of love. It has to have this, I, uh, this bedrock of love that, that allows us to operate and, and do the work that God has called us to do. We, we don't just want to go through the motions. We want it to be an authentic expression of love. A public display of affection. We don't want it just to be a profession and not rooted and grounded. What does the scripture say? In love. So though I have the gift of prophecy, verse 2, I have the power of the prophetic and I understand all mysteries. I've got revelation. 
and all knowledge. I've got understanding. And though I have all faith, I've got the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I've watched mountains be removed. And, and if I don't have love, I am nothing. You see, love, we can have all this power of the prophetic. We have all these gifts of the Spirit in operation. But the Bible's saying if we are existing and we're allowing the Spirit to do all that work, but it doesn't come with a source grounded in love, then we're not right. We have nothing. There may be outflow. There may be a profession. There may be all this, this verbiage. There may be all these words that are saying the right thing. But if we're not rooted in love, if we're not grounded in love, if we're not kind of connected to the source of love, then we're not right. We have nothing. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do all this for nothing. We don't want to go through all these motions for nothing. We don't want to have church for nothing. So we have to connect to the source of love. We have got to connect with God's love. And we've got to allow that to flow through our lives. I'm grateful for every time that a preacher stands in the pulpit. And the prophetic begins to be declared. And God begins to open up. And what doesn't exist yet is prophesied about. About it coming down. And what God's going to do. I'm grateful for all that. But if it's not rooted and grounded in love. It becomes nothing. If I don't have that love, I'm nothing. And he said, though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor. We've got bags all over our city with our church is your church. We've got all kinds of gifts floating around our city. But unless we have a source, unless, unless our intention is to show the love of God, it's nothing. It profits us nothing. Though I give my body to be burned, the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you, by the way, for fasting and praying. Fasting. <laughs> That sacrificial element. But it has to be rooted in the source of love. Someone say love. Our world needs not a public display of profession. Our world needs a public display of affection. Our world needs people full of love. The cause behind the effect determines the authenticity of the activity. When you do all of the right things with the right motive... That's when it becomes dynamite. That's when it becomes something that the world can't turn away from. They watch saying, how do I get what they've got? When you do all the right things with the right motive, with the right heart, with the right intention, you don't put you on display, you put God on display. All of a sudden, we are eclipsed by God's goodness. We are eclipsed by a love that is greater than we know or have. We are eclipsed by this light. We're the lighthouse. We're talking about it. We are eclipsed by the brightness of the light of God's love in a dark world. That's increasingly more difficult in a social media culture. But we need to connect with the source. That's why in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, the scripture said, Hear, O Israel, take heed. Listen, the Lord our God is one Lord. And immediately the scripture begins to tell us, we have the, this tenet of faith, this truth given to us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We've got this pillar of truth for us. But immediately the scripture goes into what we need to do. And it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. We have the pillar of truth, but then we have the, the requirement for us to operate with that truth. What do we do with that? If the Lord our God is one, then we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. 
There's something powerful that happens when we begin to, and it's not about what we gain. It's about what we get. It's like we tap into the source of love. When we, we begin to love God, that, that love begins to flow into our lives and it becomes a tributary to the world that needs a flow of love like we've never had before. And you watch what happens. The words that, that the scripture said, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. I have a question for us. Does your affection for God determine your conversation? Because what's in the heart comes out in your tongue. He said, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. That there's this opportunity that God has for us to become his children and his people. This requirement is to connect with God. And that's why worship is so important. I watched uh, from the front, I call it the pew, from the front row of chairs over here as we began to sing tonight. And I just kind of glanced this way across the church congregation. And it was, if somebody didn't have their hand raised, they were the exception. If there wasn't somebody with their eyes closed, they were the exception. It was the norm that I was so engulfed in the worship that was going on in the room tonight. And that is powerful. I'll tell you what worship is. It's the expression of a heart that's full of love. A love for God. And if we get this correct, then this flows out of our life. If we get this connection to God correct, then all of a sudden our public display of affection is put on display for a world that needs it. If the love is internal, there will be an external sign. Your worship your worship won't be work. It'll be effortless. It'll be the overflow of a heart that wants to worship God. Love. How many love God tonight? It said that, that that opportunity to love God, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. I find it interesting that the scripture goes on to say that if you love God like that, then your life is going to become a display of God's affection. That it's going to begin to work its way, and we talk about it for our, our, our children's dedications. It says that thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children. Our world, our world is, is, is so opposed to Christianity in our homes. Our world, yeah, it, it, it's teaching by, uh, by, just by what you see every day. Such a message that's opposed to the church. If there ever was a day, parents, that we need to teach diligently to our children, it's today. Our conversation needs to communicate the love that we have for God. Our conversation, it, it says that thou shalt teach them to your children. He said, then you shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when they'll lie us down and when they'll rise us up. In other words, everything that you're doing in every element of your life, your activity puts God's love on display. It comes out in your conversation. It comes out in your communication. It comes out when you're walking down the road. It comes, it comes out when you're, just, when you're just resting with your, in your home. It comes out when you're, when you're rising up. It comes out when you go down for rest. It, it just in every element of your life throughout the entire day, your display of affection is, is, is there for everybody to see when you love God with all 
of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. We can come back to the music tonight. So does, does our heart display our love for God? And then we've got to ask ourselves, if it's not coming out in our conversations, if it's not a part of when we're walking in the way, if it's not a part of our conversation when we're driving up the road, it's, if it's not a part of, of what we talk about around the dinner table at night, if that's not a part of our conversation, then we have to ask, ask ourselves the question, am I connected to the source? Am I loving God the way that I need to love God? And that's part of this whole fasting and prayer push. Thank you for signing up again. Thank you. But it, it pushes us to this place where we deny ourselves and we connect to that source. Someone say connect. If the love is there on the inside, it will become the external sign. You know, we love coming in for a landing tonight. We love John chapter 14 and verse 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. We love to preach that. We love that at prayer request time. We love that when we're anointing people with oil for the miraculous to flow in our midst. We love that. If we ask anything in my name, come on, God. If we ask anything, revival, God, if you ask anything, healing, God, if we ask anything, the miraculous, if you ask anything, God, blessing, outpouring, God, if we ask anything, anointing, if we ask anything, and we, we love that, we, we, we claim that verse, but we forget that the very next verse says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. But the very next verse says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus never even skipped a beat. He didn't slow down for us to, to, to level out on that idea about the miraculous occurring because they were connected to the same source. The, mir the miracles happen, yes, when we claim it in his name, but it's also connected to if we love him, we keep his commandments. So if we love God, if we love him, it comes out in our conversation. It comes out around the dinner table. It comes out in our drive up the road in the car. It comes out when we're dropping the kids off for school. It comes out in our conversation. It comes out in our lifestyle. But, but also, if we love him, we're keeping God's commandments. The requests that he's made of us in his word. Those requests that he's given to us to love him and to serve him. That our activity is to be monitored and controlled and by him. That if we love him, then we keep those commandments is also part of that same connection. And if we keep his commandments, guess what? The world sees something different about us. The world is observing. They're checking us out. They're, they're trying to figure us out right now. And, 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 and I'm just telling you that as we keep God's commandments... As we keep God's commandments. The world sees a public display. You say, well, I, I like the affection part. I love the pious worship and service. I, I love kicking a heel up in a fast song. That's my worship. But let me tell you what else displays the love of Christ. Is that when we walk day to day and we keep his commandments. When we're, when we're going through our daily activities and people notice a difference because we keep his commandments when our life is monitored 
by more than just mandates and rules that society and government would give us, but it's, it's, it comes from a word that has greater authority and a responsibility that's greater. When we keep his commandments, the world says, wow, that's love. There's something that pushes them beyond. There, there's a love that's keeping them. I need that kind of love. And that's what this whole goal is, is that as we connect to this great God, when we love him and we keep his commandments, then there's a world that looks on and says, I need what they've got. I need what they've got. If a man loved me, it wasn't just that. That verse where Jesus said it, if we go down to verse 23, just a few verses later, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. This responsibility that we have to keep his commandments, it isn't just work, it's love. It isn't just a work that we're doing, the works. It's a love that's just on display for the world to see. It's a public display of affection for a God that we love. And we're willing to keep his commandments. Do we live different? Absolutely. Do we stick out? Probably. Are we peculiar? We're peculiar people. We're not like everybody else, but it's because God has changed our life. It's because we love him, so we do what he has asked us to do. It's in Mark chapter 12, and I jotted this verse down after I'd already given the team notes. It's Mark chapter 12, and verse 29. As Jesus responds to the question that comes about what's the greatest commandments, he said, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is the first commandment. That first commandment is where we're just kind of laying the groundwork for the next few weeks, where we talk about a public display of affection. But the very first affection that has to be in order is this one. The very first affection that we've got to have in the right place is that our affection has got to be for the one that's eternal. That we've got to push everything else aside. That's why there's power in prayers because we push everything else out of our daily activity and we connect with the one who's worthy of our time. That's what we've been talking about. That's why fasting is important is because it denies our flesh and our spirit man's ears perk up and we hear the voice of the one that matters most in our life because we love him. And that affection connects with something in our lives and it displays to the world something we could never post on social media. Our world is in desperate need of a public display of real affection, real love, true love. I wonder if you'd stand together with me tonight. I know we're running a little early. But I'm wondering if you would join with someone that you're with nearby. And I'm wondering if you would begin to pray together with me tonight. And we could link arms or hands or shoulder to shoulder if that's appropriate tonight. But I'm wondering if we could reach out and begin to ask God 
if that love comes from him, then God, help us connect with you tonight. Help us to give you everything that we've got. Help us to return. Help us to reciprocate. Help us, God, to put on display this affection. Allow our lives to become worship. Allow our hearts to become overflow of your spirit. God, allow our lives to become We need you tonight, God. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. We didn't deserve. We don't deserve to be here in this room. We, we don't deserve to know salvation. We don't deserve to know redemption. We, we didn't deserve it, but God, and while we were yet sinners, come on, he, he put on display that love. We can reciprocate that. We can turn it back. We can give it back to him tonight. God, here's our worship. God, here's our heart. Here's, God, here's us returning. God, that love that you have for us. It's, God, it's your goodness that, that we're here. It's your goodness that allows us the privilege to be in your presence. It's your goodness, your mercy. It's your grace. God, we'll sum it up. It's your love. It's your love that flowed into our lives. We didn't deserve it, but God, it was your love. It was your love that changed us, your love that redeemed us. It was your love that, God, that caught us. It was your love that reached for us. God, that love. So we're turning it back tonight. We, we don't want to forget about your great love. We, God, we don't want to deny you the worship that you're worthy of because it's our expression of the love you've shown to us. Come on, somebody love him tonight. Somebody tell God how much he's worth to you. You're worthy of our worship, God. You're worthy of our praise. Your love. Come on, that's the overflow we're feeling. That overflow is what we're sensing right now. Come on, it's in that overflow where the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate in that supernatural realm. It's in that overflow where the prophetic word begins to flow. And it's not empty and it's not vain. It's Come on, it's activated because of a deep source of love. That, that's what we need. We need the prophetic word. We need the powerful faith that moves amongst us. We need healing to happen in our generations. We need the miraculous to move in our midst. We need it. But it, come on, it, it's got to be rooted in love. It's got to have that source that's deep. Come on, we've got to allow that to flow. This is where it begins. It starts right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rebeata Sarvetus 
Well, there's still a, a move of God's spirit that's happening right now. It may be that that person you're praying for, there's some blockage from what God wants to do and how God wants to move. Would you just pray through that for a moment? Come on, God's greater. His love, his love for you is greater than your failure that's separating you right now. His love for you is deeper than that thing that's keeping you from. Come on, your pain of shame is, isn't greater than his love for you. His love, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Come on, he demonstrated his love. He, he put his love on display. Holy Ghost, we need your help. I just feel like God could perhaps heal right now. Would you just continue praying? But would you pray for your neighbor that you got hands on right now? Let's pray for one another. Would you just pray that healing would move in this room? It may be emotional healing. I'm feeling that right now. There may be, there may be a depth in somebody's spirit that when we begin to unpack this idea of love, there's pain because... Come on, there's just so much baggage sometimes when we start unpacking this idea, but would you pray for healing to begin to come into somebody's life? Pray for somebody's heart. Pray for someone's mind. God, I pray that you would bring redemption. I pray that you would bring healing. God, the blockage that's stopping that flow, God, that shouldn't be there. I pray that you would release it, God. Let it be washed away. Let it be cleansed. Let there be a healing that comes into somebody's mind. Let there be, God, let there be a restoration. God, let there be a revival of a love in someone's spirit, I pray. God, restore right now. Restore what the enemy would seek to destroy. I pray that you would restore what the enemy would seek to bring down. I pray that you would, God, that you would rise up in somebody's spirit. God, bring your help right now. Bring deliverance in the room. Bring your anointing. God, let it destroy every yoke of bondage, everything that would separate someone from your plan. God, let it let healing happen right now. Come on, pray for somebody in that name that we were just talking about a moment ago. Pray that God would bring healing. Pray that God would help right now. Healing to bodies. Healing to mind. God, heal somebody's spirit. Holy Ghost, your help right now. In the name of Jesus, 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 God, let it happen right now. Come on, someone just begin to flow in that, in that round for a minute. Somebody begin to declare healing. You've got authority that you may not even realize. That flow in the Holy Ghost is beginning to work right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Aleluia!